We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Archer with another one says reports are Gerby Lambert has canceled his Penn State official visit for this upcoming weekend. Do you think he'll commit soon? You know, I I don't know. I I don't know if 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 the Penn State cancellation is the reason that Gerby you know that I'm going to say the thing that I'm saying now. I think that okay. has as much to do with the fact that Penn State's just filling up on the offensive line and he's not that interested. Do I think he's going to commit soon? Yeah, I think he's going to commit somewhat soon. I don't think he has a date yet, and, and I don't know that he's even made a final decision from what I'm told. I, I like where Notre Dame is at coming into the visit to Ohio State. I like where Notre Dame is at coming out of the visit. And so now it's just about closing. So we'll, we'll see what they can do. But I, I don't expect him – I expect him to be committed by the time the season starts. Okay. If you can, if you count that as soon, then sure. If if by soon you mean the next couple of weeks, that I'm I'm not sure. I think about. soon and summer are synonymous yeah. at this point. I mean, yeah. we're literally almost to the end of June, right? I mean, and right. football seasons across the country start July 31st. At least they do in Indiana. So, like, mm-hmm. I would say anytime between now and the beginning of you know high school practice, yeah. that's soon to me. Yeah, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Vince, earlier we were talking about what it would be like to have your child uh, accepted to Notre Dame. And here's an example here. This is from Thomas Wilkinson. He says, when my son, Sean, Notre Dame class of 21, got his acceptance to notification from Notre Dame, I wept like a baby. And I promise you, Thomas is not even remotely close to being alone. (laughs) I mean, not even close to being alone. I'll know that. My bank account is about to be zero, and yeah. uh, but I no, I'm kidding, obviously. Yeah. But no, I mean that would just be. <laughs> I don't think those are the tears the dumbest. Like, oh, Brian, yeah. I need to do more shows. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because we were actually talking about like, okay, like what would you do if he if if your son was offered like a walk on spot to the team? I'd be like, 
where's the FAFSA information? Like I would be like, right. we need to apply for every right. scholarship known to man. Right. But I would tell him uh, unequivocally, you're going, you're we'll going to do this. We'll figure we'll it figure out. It that's out. A, that's exactly right. But um, it would be daunting. There's no doubt about yeah. that. But I mean, I, I will cry. I'll be the first one to admit it. I will shed tears if that's where he decides to go uh, for yeah. many reasons. Number one, lifelong fan. And I know he's a lifelong fan. It's his dream to play there, whether it's soccer or football or whatever. And then, um, I mean, the fact that he'd be close to home so I could actually watch him do his thing, which would be awesome. So, like, for all the dad reasons and every, I mean, it would be unbelievable. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. All right. That's a that's a, a moment that would be pretty cool, I'm sure. Oh, can't I'm wait. sure. Yep. Travis with the Super Chat. Thank you, Travis, very much. Are there any pros or cons for Marcus Freeman and the football program of operating under a new athletic director? Well, I mean, I don't know. I'd say pros or cons. I mean, it just depends on the relationship that Coach Freeman has with that guy and what that guy's priorities are in football. I mean, look, here's the deal, Um, Vince. If the new AD understands the importance of football uh, needing to be excellent, then it'll be great. Yep. If if and then if he's willing to to do things that maybe they've been the school's been uncomfortable doing in certain areas. And again, I don't mean paying recruits for NIL money. I don't mean lowering the academic standard. I don't mean sacrificing who you are as right. an institution. But saying, hey, you know what? It's okay that we have a top five paid coaching staff. Right. It's okay that we're doing these things. It's okay that we do that. It, there's nothing wrong with this. It doesn't sacrifice our Catholic values. Mm-hmm. You know to 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 pay our head football coach the highest salary in in, in all of the land. I mean, your AD is number two. It's right. not number one, the last, you know, so why, so why, you know, so as long as you have that, I mean, it'll work. But if you have an AD that, that doesn't think football should be prioritized and doesn't think that you deserve this and should have that, this isn't important. And that's not important. You don't need a meal. You know, you don't need to be able to eat here. You don't need to have the best nutrition plan. You don't need this. You don't need that. And guess what? That's, that's, you're not going to have a good, you're not going to, it's going to be a con. Right. But it just depends on that. It, it, it just depends on who the athletic director is in theory. Is it, is there a, you know, are there, are there pros and cons? Sure. I could, I could give you a long list of pros and cons, Travis, but if I could sum them up as briefly as possible, it's just, do you have someone that understands the importance of football to the entire institution and, and understands that, you know, and this is something that, that I'm, I'm somewhat cautiously optimistic about with the new AD is, do you have someone that that has enough of a business background to understand sometimes you got to spend money to make money? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And um, that that's to say, we're going to, we're going to go, we're going to do this and, and we're okay spending more money on coaching salaries or sure. upgrading this facility or that facility, because we know that the ROI on that is going to be amazing right. because it's going to, it, you know, if you believe in the people that are run your program and if you don't have someone that understands that and something is not willing to be bold in some of those areas, then you're, you know, it's, it's going to be a con. So it just depends on the new AD. And I don't know enough about him. I don't think anybody exactly. does That's as the, far that's as we know key. what he did at other places, but we don't know what he's going to do here. Cause he's never been an AD before. Right. And so. that we, there's too much unknown just to really lay out a legitimate pro and con list, right? I mean, right. look, we're going to find out real quick about what's going on when we hear about the apparel deal, when we hear about the TV deal, because he's going to be involved, like maybe less the apparel deal, because it sounds like that's going to come out next month. But the TV deal, they got him in now so that he could be a big part of that. I want right. to see what the TV deal looks like. How pro right. Notre Dame is this TV deal? If it's right. super pro Notre Dame... Deal then I feel like he's the right man for the job. You know what I mean? Like, now that's right. not going to be the be-all, end-all by any stretch of the imagination, but it's going to be a good uh, kickstart to who this kid, who this guy is and, and how and what he believes Notre Dame should be in the national landscape and, and you know, and all of those things. So you got the – those are the two things, the apparel deal, the TV deal, are the first two things that are going to kind of give us a sneak peek into what kind of an athletic director Pete Bavacqua is going to be. Now, you said it as well coaching salaries, uh, you know, upgrades to the facilities, like all of these different things, that's not going to be an overnight known. We're going to have to find out what that looks like, right? But that's all going to be part of it. That's all going to be part of it because we all know we want the Notre Dame staff to be bigger, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of that comes out of the athletic department. Absolutely. We've confirmed that um, uh, we have more on it on the board, but we've confirmed that Notre Dame is going to have a new – 
think director of scouting. It's right. a new position. And based on what I was told that position is going to do, it's huge. Vince is what we've been begging, begging for. Yes. You've got exactly. your high school recruiting figured out. You got Chad Bowden running that thing really well. Yep. You got to your some of your coaches got to do a better job, but Chad's crushing his job. You need to have someone that does that in the portal that you know is going spends all year, you know, advanced scouting college kids. So when the portal time huge. comes, hey, then you here jump we go. on we those guys this. when you need to. Right. Because the portal yeah. is becoming a huge deal now. I mean, it's yes. and even well, at Notre Dame, it's even a huge for Notre deal. Dame, exactly, yes. Vince. Now, it, Notre right. Dame has still done mostly grad stuff, but that's okay too. Sure, and you know, sure. Look, you, you take this is like so, you know, oh, the transfer sucks. Transfer the way that they're allowing transfers to happen right now sucks, but allowing kids to transfer does not suck, and it's certainly been beneficial to Notre Dame. What what sure. would Notre Dame have looked like in twenty twenty one without Jack Cohn? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. would we be talking about this team going into twenty twenty three without? Sam Hartman, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Thomas Harper, sure, and Antonio Carter. And the kicker and the punter. And, right. I mean, oh, right. you name it, right? I mean, there's been right. a bunch of guys. Where have they been last year? John Sott, Chris yeah. Smith. Yes. You know, so, yeah, that, that's been good for Notre Dame. Right. You know, but but do you have an AD that's willing to fight for you with the school to open that up even more? Now, there's going to have to be concessions from the football program. You got to make sure that you're bringing in kids that are going to take academics seriously and can do the work here. Fine, you got it. And if you do don't do that, then we're going to take away some of your your the the things we're giving you. Right, what we're giving you now, we can easily take away if you're not bringing in the right kids. Right, and then then it's up to the imperative the staff really bring in kids that hey, look, this kid is a two year player. He's got time, mm-hmm. but you know what? This is a kid we recruited at high school. We know who he is. Blah 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 blah. And 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 we're gonna vouch for him. All right, then then let's work. So, but you need the AD to fight that fight for you. That can't be right. a fight that Marcus Freeman is gonna win. Marcus right. Freeman, as important as he is, does not have the cachet, neither did Brian Kelly, neither did Lou Holtz to go toe-to-toe with deans from students and, and all that to say, hey, we're gonna do this. The AD does. And that's one of those fights he's gonna have to have. Is he willing to do it or not? That that's right. gonna be, you know, whichever direction he goes, Travis is gonna determine whether it's a pro or a con. And that's what we'll find out. But uh, it's certainly, certainly interesting. Certainly interesting. Mm-hmm. Another super chat this time from Wicked Bronco Productions. Thank you very, yeah, very two, much for that. Back to back from him. Yeah, nice. I know some people in the fan base hate this commitment because he's ranked outside the top 1,000. But I personally like his tape and I trust Freeman's opinion. Funny, though, that Tabron's brother's name is LeBron. Going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Look, um, I hope you're right. That's all I'll say. I hope yeah. you're right. I hope this kid can ball. And here's the second one from him. No, not wow. Awesome. Thank you so much. What happened with Jamie French and Ryan Wingo? Two guys who Notre Dame was all over early on and seemed like they just faded. Chances Justin Scott commits this summer. Heard Notre Dame is trying to get an unofficial from him in July. Well, I mean, we've talked about the last part. They've been wanting him to come in April. They wanted him to come in May. They wanted him to come in June. They're going to try to get him in July. They're, I mean, they're, they're going to keep trying to get him on campus. Sure. Nothing happened with Jamie French. He liked Notre Dame a lot. Notre Dame's in his top five. He's just not going to pick Notre Dame. And look, guys, that happens sometimes. A kid can like you a lot, but just like some, some situation better. And that's basically what happened with Jamie French. Ryan Wingo's is a different situation. He just stopped liking Notre Dame. I think, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you the reasons why. He said all the right things about Notre Dame and just – I don't think I don't think there was an interest there. I just think he was looking for different things. Sometimes it's as simple as this kid goes to a really good private school and he just decides he doesn't want to go yeah. to private school anymore. You know, stuff happens. I mean, sometimes kids will say, "Man, I picked Notre Dame because it's just like my high school." And then other times, Vince, yeah. why didn't you pick Notre Dame? Because it's too much like my high school. Mm-hmm. It just it's just about who the kid is. I mean, yeah. I mean, they recruited yeah. him hard. They put in the work. I do think Tom Reese leaving played a role there because he was also very actively involved in that recruitment as well. And once he left, it was you know just. I think they kind of faded at that point in time. But I'll tell you what, I'm totally fine with the receiver class in 24. Jamie French Absolutely. is a 25 kid. Notre Dame liked him a lot. He visited campus, I think, twice, actually. Oh, wow, already. Uh, it just, he likes a couple. They made his top, he announced his top five yesterday. It was like Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame, I think uh, Florida State and Alabama. I just think he's going to stay closer to home. He's a Florida kid. So that's really what it was going to boil down gotcha. to for me. But it, they, still, they still like them. Look, guys, you're going to lose kids that really like you a lot. They just like somebody else or some situation better. And that's that's the reality of it. 
Another uh, super chat from Brandon. He says, when will there be a visit for the, quote, July barbecue? I have no idea. I don't know that they're doing that. I, I have no idea when that's going to happen. I thought July was a non-contact period. No, nah, it's during certain periods, but there's other okay. periods that are open. Gotcha. So the whole month's not, uh, okay. not shut down. Gotcha. Yeah. Brian Fit Let's Go Irish says, do you think they are recruiting certain players that fit their program and certain schemes they have planned for their future of the offense and defense to become a championship caliber team? Hmm. Do I think they're recruiting certain players that fit the program and certain schemes they have planned for their future for their look? I, I think that they're getting closer and closer and closer to being a championship roster, but they're not there yet. We've never said that they're yet there yet. Uh, they're certainly heading in that direction on offense. There's no question about that. Defensively, it's going to depend on how they finish this class, you know, because you had a really good 2023 defensive class. You had a really good 2022 defensive class other than safety. Notice a the theme, right? But your defensive line recruiting, I mean, you, you your 22 class gave you Josh Burnham, Tyson Ford, Aiden Gobira, Junior Chalamaka, Donovan Hynish. Your 23 class gave you Brennan Vernon, Bubakar Traor, Armel Mookum, Devin Houston. And in this class, you're, you're a defensive tackle short, but it's given you four, three really good players and a third, fourth guy that – Maybe he doesn't have the ceiling of those other guys, but he gives you that mass, that beef uh, that they've been wanting in the class. So they're, uh, they're they continue to close the gap. What they mm-hmm. need to do now is finish strong in this class to really take a bigger leap towards that, and then hopefully the twenty five class can be that third consecutive class that puts you over the top to say, okay, now now we're on your level. Now it's time to go out and prove it on the field. That has to happen anyway but you're still trying to prove it on the field with certain disadvantages. Like Notre Dame can't line up against Alabama or or Georgia this year and say, we are better than you everywhere or at most positions. It's like, we're hoping that we're good enough in these positions and we can at least stalemate you here to maybe if we can catch a couple breaks, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to win, you know, and that's kind of where it is. You need some breaks. You need to make some plays. You got to hope that the team you're playing is you match up better against. Right where your goal is to recruit to the level where, no, 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 we're on your level. We're better than you here. You're better than us there. It evens out. Now let's see who's going to execute the best. They're not there yet. And and I think they can get there. It's just going to get there a different way. But some people think that getting there means, you know, you're doing nothing but recruiting five stars. And and as I've said for years, Notre Dame needs to be more like Clemson than they were, than they're going to be like Georgia and Alabama. Sure. Meaning finding those right fits. And everyone's like, oh, it's because of Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence was a huge part of that. Hmm? But so was Isaiah Simmons and a lot of other guys that some the some were ranked high, some were not. It's about getting talent and getting talent at the right places and do that, and you'll you'll be okay. But they're not there yet. But they're way closer than they've been from at least from a recruiting standpoint. Now we got to find out, Vince, if you got the coaches to develop these kids, right? And when you've only been there for one year, that's still a question mark. Jerry's still out, yeah. Bulesfield Financial Services, Inc. If the leprechaun had to defend Notre Dame's honor against every mascot on our 23 schedule, how does it fare? 11 and 1 or different? Okay. Well, you, should That's you go an through interesting it? one. Should you go okay, through, sure. like, go through so, the schedule? We got I already mid- know one I think he's going to lose to. So. Okay. We got to go midshipman, right? Okay. I'll, I'll take the I'll take the leprechaun. I guess. I, yeah, you know. I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I think they're going to lose a couple. I mean, again, he's just a, he's a leprechaun, right? <laughs> a ti- I, I, I'm taking a tiger yeah. over, and they play two tigers this year. They do. They play a panther. They also play true. a wolf pack. A wolf like, pack like a whole is pack. a bunch of them. Like it's a bunch not just of one. It's not the <laughs> NC State wolves. It's the wolf pack, right? Anybody watch WCW in the nineties? The wolf pack. It wasn't one dude. It was a bunch of dudes, and yeah. they all come out and jump you at once. So that's that's what. So yeah. the type two tigers, a panther. Well, the Chippewas. And, that's a whole a, like a nation of Native Americans. Am yeah. I not wrong? So you're like catching an L on that one. And an L there one too. Chippewa. Then it's like wow. okay, if you only send out, you know, it's right. like the beginning scene of Troy, right? You send out your best warrior against our best warrior. Okay, I, I, I'll, Irish can hold their own in that fight, so we'll call that. Right. And we'll, we'll let them, you know, uh, a Buckeye. Psh, get out of here! With that, it's, it's a nut. You just step I'll, on I'll beat Brutus down, son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're that's just there. how it's going to be. Yeah. A Blue Devil. I, I got that W. 
right? Because yeah. a leprechaun, he's at Notre Dame, yeah. has the Holy Spirit on him. Yeah, Devils that's... can't have any impact on the Holy right. Spirit. Okay, that's a W right there. Cardinal. Well, I like the leprechaun there. I mean, this isn't an Alfred Hitchcock <laughs> right. movie. So. Right, exactly, exactly. Good. Uh, Trojans, Trojans, they're extinct. That, that, well, they that got sword, you know. Like, yeah, but they're extinct, man. The Trojans okay. died out a long time ago because oh, they so fell going for the freaking horse okay. thing. All right, you fair know enough. what I'm saying? So you got conquered by the Greeks. You know what I'm saying? Because you guys were, oh, look, they left us a big old, you know, horse. So yeah, you're gone. You're extinct. You're not even a real thing anymore. Uh, we are talking about the Panthers and Tigers. Yeah, demon bro. Deacons again. I don't know what the heck that is, but it's got demon but in it. It's demon. You got the Holy Spirit. That's a that's a L. And I'm Stanford's chopping the heck down out of that tree. Yeah. yeah so a tree. basically, I, I, I'm going eight and four, right? Okay. I'm sorry. The three like, predators. Yeah. And, you know, now again, it is okay. If I'm an Irish guy, uh, can I have a rifle? Because <laughs> if I have a rifle, then I'm feeling a lot better against the tiger and the two tigers and the panther. But I don't feel but, good about the, the wolf pack yeah, and I'm, the Chippewas. Yeah. I don't feel well, good about either well, one. Well, again, of those. if it's one on one, right. Okay, cool. But if it's I got the whole. One nation like yeah it's gonna be but tough. okay but if it's one-on-one yeah. right so then i gotta i got all my leprechaun boys i've got my <laughs> <laughs> it's like darby o'gill and the little people yeah man we yeah. got this we got this yeah. uh, and then <laughs> what leprechaun am i am i getting a little crazy insane demon possessed leprechaun from those stupid movies then you know maybe maybe i don't know now, that was a fun question jb i appreciate <laughs> you buddy that was a lot of fun a lot of fun <laughs> Brandon says, who would you rather have in Notre Dame's 24 class? Granted, KVA commits to Notre Dame. Ziegler or Bradley Shaw? I'm easily picking Ziegler. Uh, who would you pick without KVA in the class? Still Ziegler, in my opinion. Same. Same. I mean, but I, I, if you don't get KVA, then I think you have a shot at getting both of those guys. But I would still take Ziegler. Okay, so basically two spots for three people. Yeah. Like, that's the way it's looking. That's okay, gotcha. Much. Yeah, that's that's kind of, well. I don't know if that's how. I mean, I I think there's a scenario in which the staff would take Bradley Shaw still. I okay. think they'd like him a lot. I'm just saying, if you if you only get Bradley Shaw and Ziggler, I mean, you, you get Bradley Shaw, you're not going to tell Ziggler no. If you wanted Ziggler, right, and gotcha. vice versa, if you if you need it, right. So there you go. All right. From Conrad, why doesn't Notre Dame recruit Bishop Gorman in Nevada more, a private Catholic school that consistently produces top 100 recruits? I believe Alizé Mack went there. They've tried. I mean, they've tried. They tried Those to get Jake Taylor, to go, that offensive lineman, right? Those they guys tend to go, tend to go yeah. west coast, don't they? Now, there's more a there's a 25 receiver that they're in a good position with, named Derek Meadows from that school that likes Notre Dame a lot. He can't to Notre Dame, okay. so we'll see if they can close there, but. Uh, They've tried it. It's hey guys, it's not for lack of effort. Remember how bad they wanted Jake Taylor a couple of years ago on the offensive line? It's not for it's not for it's not for that. It's not for lack of effort. It's not yeah. for lack of effort. That's that's cool. That's no doubt about that. All right. I love some of the people trying to respond like with real responses to our leper to our master. <laughs> guys, on, We're just having fun here. <laughs> I like the lighthearted questions. All right. I do too. They're fun. That was a great question by JB. <laughs> Since we've been talking about 23 for 23 videos, which non-Notre Dame 30 for 30 was your favorite, or have you even seen any of the others? Oh, I've seen a ton of them. So have I. I mean, I, it's gonna be I thought the Pony Excess one was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought the best that never was about Marcus Dupree was really good. That was really good. The the one in the 80th year draft, Elway to Marino, was really I like, good. I like that one because yeah. I like behind the scenes type stuff yeah. and like how things went down. Yeah, that one was really cool, and it was really cool that the agent like kept notes on like yeah. everything that was going on. Yeah, and he was basically just sitting there reading his notes. Like that was a cool one. I, I will yep. I'll give you that one. Uh, the one on the NC State team that won the championship with Jim Valvano. That one sure. was pretty good. Uh, let's see. There's there's a lot of others, man. That I that I really like. actually. I'm you know what, Vince? I'm gonna actually. I I have a bunch of them. Uh, saved on my YouTube TV. I'm actually oh, just going to really? pull those up real quick. Yeah. Nice. And just quickly scroll through and, and see if I can see some that I, that I remember that I'm like, Oh yeah, that one was a really good, but I've, I've mentioned a lot of them so far. I didn't see that American gladiators one. That's a new one. I didn't like watch that. TV, I did watch like American gladiators show? as a kid. I love that show when I was a but, kid. Uh, Cause it was always I'll on. Be, Cause if yeah. I was watching it, that meant I was up past my bedtime. Like it was right. always on late right. at night. Yeah. Right. There's a bunch. I mean, there's still a bunch I haven't seen. You know, once upon a time in Queens about the Mets, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the one on the Tuck Rule. Um, you know, so th there's a lot that I need to actually go back and watch. The Dominican Dream on Felipe Lopez was really good. Uh, that one was a really good one. I remember him coming out 
he was a really good player. Uh, the one on what Carter lost, that's about the Dallas Carter Tech uh, football team, right? That had all those issues. Yeah, that one was really good. A little bit as well. But, uh, did you ever see that one, Vince? Which one? It was about the Dallas Carter football team. I don't think so. No, that I don't one, think it said, so. Well, it was uh, what Carter lost. That was a really good one. Okay. That was a really good one. I'm looking. The U ones were good. I, I did. Yeah. I mean, look. The I, ones the about the U were good. Yeah. yeah I, the Jamma one was really good. Um, the Trojan War one was really good. Fantastic Lies. The one about the Duke um, the Duke lacrosse team. You oh, remember what happened with yeah. all Oh, absolutely. Fascinating. Always, yeah, I remember Absolutely that fast. The one on Benji Wilson was really good. Ghost of Ole Miss was really good. You don't know Bo was really good. The first two years, in my opinion, were 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 really good because those are most of the ones that I've seen. Um, yeah, there's some good ones, man. Brian and the Boz was really interesting. That one was really interesting because yeah. he's yeah. like going through his storage locker and like finding yeah. old stuff, and then they would talk well, about it. And because he's yeah. a really strong Christian now, I mean, he's yeah. in a bunch of Christian movies and stuff, and so it's like. To see like the man he is now, looking back on the kid he was, and it's oh, just yeah. like you know, you could see some of the hurt. Like you know, sure. there was one time where his son picks him up, and he's like, "I want to do this," and he was like, "No, man, like you know, don't glorify that." It was um, yeah, it was like, kind of sad, but also pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and look, this is something that they do a great job of. They do a great job of. You know, um, I haven't seen the Ric Flair one. No, me so, either. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, there's I, yeah, and I think I know what I'm going to be doing tonight if I can't sleep. Put you know, you did we, briefly, uh, yeah, Brian. Huh? The I did have some issues, it, just like for five seconds. Okay, is when you're talking about the Carter football team. See, there you go. All right, uh, here we go. Sean here's Kelly. Some, I think this is yeah. one of our. Uh, I think no, that's Sean Duffy. Sorry, I was going to say one of our Ohio State fans, but that's somebody. Oh, else. okay. Sean Cut. Uh, Sean Kelly says, "Have you heard anything about possibly moving any of the corners?" Who are down on the depth chart to safety? I know you guys were pushing for Lewis before they got Carter. I have not. They've been very resistant to that. Very for some resistant, reason, and I don't quite understand why. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Lance Hab was Rocket Ishmael highly recruited, or was he more of an under the radar player when he came here? Do we know? He was very highly recruited. Now, how highly recruited? I mean, I uh, that would be more something along the lines of of you know, loose emoji would have a better answer for that one, but. Right. Uh, well, recruiting um, in 1987 was, or whatever well, the year, 86, 87. Like it was, was still just big. Animal. I mean, like the trade all Americans and sure. all that kind of stuff. And so I do know that he was highly sought after. I mean, everybody knew about his speed and all that kind of stuff. I mean, and he was from an area where, you know, he played high school ball in, in, in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania was one of the best states in the country at the time. I mean, he was a known guy. Would he have, would he have been a top 10 national player? That I don't know. It was just more of like the parade All-Americans. And he was, I mean, Penn State wanted him. I mean, he they had to battle to get him. I think I know what happened because I accidentally hit play when that when gotcha. uh, on the Carter one accidentally and it, it came up. Gotcha. So I wonder if that's kind of what happened. It probably was because it was real brief. Mm-hmm. That's why I had to ask. I was like, what did you say? <laughs> All right. Here's last couple. Katie Keevers, how risky is it to recruit a player uh, like D. Andrews who wants to take a two-year mission? Seems like you lose so much development time being away from football for so long. I've actually wondered this exact thing from Katie because you do go away from football for two years. Yeah, but I mean, I think you look at Utah and BYU and their rosters are filled with those kind of kids. Yep, filled. That's why they're so old. So there's give and take, right? But see, that's exactly the give and take. First of all, I think there's this – and I'm not saying that Katie's this way because I don't know, but I think, and I had this misconception for a long time because as a Christian, when you think of mission, you usually think um, going to some third world country where, right. you know, that's, and, yeah, and that's not always be, the case. Yeah. It's very rarely the case yeah. from what I understand with these kids that are football players. Uh, I think, I think um, like Kahuna Key is in like Raleigh, North Carolina. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I, some people said that there's restrictions on what you can't, you can't work out or what, I don't know, but BYU and Utah do that all the time and they've never had issues with developing players or toughness or all that. I think because the, the, the counter to that Katie is when he's a senior, he's going to be 24, 25 years old. 
You know, I mean, so he's going to be older, more mature and those type of things as well. So there's a little bit of a counter to that. And then, you know, maybe he needs a year to get back in shape and and get all that. But I, I don't think it's 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 a whole lot different than necessarily a kid who had a couple years of really bad injuries. You know, I mean, you think of Drew, you know, Sean Crawford missed a couple whole years of football at one point in time. You know, I mean, missed the whole 2015 season, got hurt in game two of 2016. I had practices and all that. I mean, I get all that. It's not a direct comparison, but you get the point, right? Right. Is, you know, guys miss are out of football for a long time. If as long as you're not out there like putting on 50 pounds because you're just eating Cheetos and, you know, McDonald's every day, then right. you should be OK. It'll take you some time to shake off the rust, but it, it, it shouldn't take like four years to shake off the rust. So he should be back. He should be back. But it's, it's a good question. Yeah, it is. It's a good question. All right, here's that. We're going to, we're going to, uh, real quick on this, James Ingles. I, I don't know, James, why 247 or anybody else has him ranked or not. I just don't ask, don't pay attention, and don't care what those networks do, <laughs> to be honest with you. But uh, we'll, we'll see what Jerome Bettis Jr. can do as a junior. And if he can play well as a junior, then you'll see more people rank him. Right. Because I've heard he's had a really good summer and stuff at camps and different things, but we'll, we'll have to see. He's got to, because yeah. his film's not great. But he's done well at camps and seven on sevens and stuff like that. So not seven on sevens, but like uh, during one on ones at camps. Right. And, so. and we're going to end with this one from Tyrell Wilson. Tyrell Wilson with the super chat. I love ending it with a super chat. Thank you very much, Tyrell. This was the forty-seven class of Notre Dame, the best ever in college football. Seven of the starting eleven are Hall of Famers. They played thirty-six games in four years and never even trailed. Well, apparently. Apparently, according to ESPN, Notre Dame wasn't even the best team of the decade in the 1940s. Did you see that, Vince? What do they name, like Army or something? Uh, actually, I think it was Oklahoma. I mean, let what? me go back and look. Yeah, it was really stupid. Like, Notre Dame didn't have one single team that was, like, the best team of a decade. It was one of the <laughs> dumbest things. I mean, I know Come ESPN on. does a lot of dumb stuff. They do a lot of dumb stuff that's just, like, you're not even trying at this point in time. But when I saw – and you know who it was from. It's from Bill Connolly. So he did his stupid analytic stuff, right? Right. Uh, but Notre Dame was number two in the twenties, because he accounted it towards his stupid, you know, his stupid. Uh, oh, that um, stupid formula that he yeah, uses. Yeah. And so he had Michigan number one actually in the nineteen forties. So really, yeah. Come on. Yep. Yep. So How many national titles did Notre Dame win in the 40s? I mean, Vince, they won like three out of four years. That's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, they, like like Tyrell's talking about. They they went through a stretch before – because remember, now, keep in mind that, that for a couple years during that stretch, um, like Frank Leahy wasn't coaching them, right? And I think they had some periods where uh, – 44 and 45 i don't believe that did notre dame have like they had football in 44 and 45 they had edward mckeever as their coach they went eight and two seven two and one right hugh devore was the other one because frank Leahy was often doing his war doing a service right and a lot of the players were not there but notre dame in 43 so if the, so they won a title in 43 and the two years that Leahy wasn't there. So they went eight. This is this is what Notre Dame did in the 40s. Okay. So in 1940, the first year there, they went seven and two with Elmer Layden as the coach. Then Frank Leahy comes in 1941, they go eight, oh, and one, finish number three. In 1972 or 1942, they went seven, two, and two, finished number six. And 93, 43, they won the title. They went eight and two and 44. Uh uh, and uh, seven and two and forty five finished number nine, finished number nine, and then from forty six to forty nine. This is what Elmer's talking about. They did not lose a single game, <laughs> and went eight zero and one, nine and zero, nine zero and one, and ten and zero, and won three national titles. Had a couple down years in fifty and fifty one, uh, and then fifty two and fifty three. They finished sec- third and second, and the, or excuse me, no, that was actually in the fifty. So yeah, so they ended the decade. They ended the four. last four years of the decade, Vince, going 36-0-2. So they had four titles in the 40s? Correct. So how can you possibly Correct. say that another team was better when right. you have four of the titles? Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever right. heard. Right. Because it's ESPN. Wow. And that's, I mean, that's you the reality. Even, like, why are you applying analytics and formulas? Just look at the results. Right. Just look at the results. 
Uh, it's because it's just dumb. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. It's just dumb. And and if you look at claimed the national titles for Michigan in the 1940s, they had two in 47 and 48. They claimed national titles. Same year that Notre Dame. Right, titles. that Notre Dame went undefeated. And, right. and now Notre Dame doesn't claim the 48 title, okay. even though they went undefeated as well. You know, so uh, it's just it's just stupid. It really is. I mean, but it's it's ESPN and it's Bill Conley. What do you expect? Right. You know, exactly. but yes, that was um that was a phenomenal stretch. I mean, best ever college football. I don't know. I mean, that's a different era. And I love the people say, well, if today's teams would play those teams, they'd kill them. Well, yeah, but it's completely I mean, different. But again, because here's what's so dumb about it: people will say, well, if you put players today back then, but like if you put those players in today's era, they would have also grown up with all the different advantages exactly. and things that they had, you know. And so it's it's just it's why it's a silly. Silly thing, silly conversation to have. And uh, Patrick Duffy noted also that Notre Dame had uh, seven Heisman Trophy winners during that stretch of time as well, which is also they had three, true. seven total. Correct. No, he's talking about during that during that stretch in the forties. They had three Heisman Trophy yeah, you winners said in the forties. Did you I say seven? seven? Okay, yeah. sorry. In I know. I knew what you were thinking because they have seven yeah. overall. Yeah. Correct. Right. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, it just it's silly. It really is silly. So. But, you know, it's again, it's like, huh, like here, it's and, and guys, it's not just anti Notre Dame. Like you're saying, it's anti, they have an anti Notre Dame bias. I'm not saying that, but it's also just stupid. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. Like, do you know who he had as the team of the 20s? Like the current decade we're in right now that's like three years old? You'd think it'd be obvious, right? Georgia. Right. Two times. Georgia's third. <laughs> what? Third. We've had 20, 21, and 22. We have three seasons in the 2020s, Correct. three seasons. Georgia's won two titles. Correct. Yes, Bama and Ohio State. Ohio State fans wouldn't even argue that they're a, they've been a better <laughs> team this on. decade than Georgia. That's how stupid it all is, Vince. And that's why I say if your formula shows you results of things that you know happened, then it's time to say my formula sucks or right. it's flawed and I need to fix it. Right. And when your formula tells you, that in the three years of the 2020s, that Georgia is not the best team of the decade, then your formula is broken. And that's the problem. Correct. And so, yes, I don't even, again, I don't even think Ohio State, look, we have Ohio State fans in the chat. Do any of you want to claim that the team of the decade of the one we're in so this the last three years decade. is Bama or Ohio State over Georgia? Do any of you want to make that argument that Georgia's anyone but Georgia is the team of this decade? They've won two no, nobody's going to make that argument. Come on. No one's going to make that argument. Sense. It's silly. But that's what ESPN does. That's right. what they do. And that's why they're just hard to take it serious at this Man. point in time. They, it, like when you do things like that, it's kind of like, like Vince, I, like I, I've had thoughts on things, right? You know, I, I, I think this is true. And I've done data research on it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to write that article because what I thought is not supported by the data. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. write that article. Right. You know, and, and, Sometimes when you do it and you say, you know what, this kicked out something that's really stupid and I should probably not run with this or I should, <laughs> right. I should adjust my, right. my model. Should, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the fact that, that it just, it's so silly. It really is so silly. And, you know, I just, it's absolutely nutty. It's absolutely, I'm curious who the team of the two thousands was. They said uh, Texas. Texas. Seriously. Yes. Roger Dodger has given us information as to why USC should be. And I don't disagree with him uh, or her. I'm not sure. I assume he. Uh, uh, I'm going to assume since it's Roger. Well, uh, but isn't that like a USC thing? I don't don't know. know. I'm not a USC fan. Well, Pete was their coach the entire time, right? In the 2000s. Didn't he take over in 01? I mean, yeah. I mean, so I, I guess you could say they didn't start the decade off well and didn't end it well. But during the middle. I mean, flipping they good. dominated. They dominated. Yeah, I mean, 2010, they went five or 2000 went five and seven, then six and six the next year. Then they went 11 and two, 12 and one, 13 and no, 12 and one, 11 and two, 11 and two, nine, 12 and one, nine and four. They had see, seven straight top five finishes, two national championships, and another year that they honestly should have been national champs, you know, or, or at least had a crack at it. So, I mean, so, okay, Texas had what, one title, you know, some of the stuff just Vince, you look at Texas was one, Oklahoma was two. Right. Really? Did did I mean we we did see Oklahoma win zero titles in that decade, <laughs> right? Like 
Georgia was ahead of USC that decade. Seriously, LSU was ahead of dec- ahead of them that decade. Like really, like I know LSU had some really good teams that decade. Want to Virginia Tech is ahead of them that decade. Like, look, yeah. you want to put Florida ahead of them? All right, I wouldn't, but I get it because Florida had two titles during that stretch as well, right? But Florida also had some down years during that stretch. So again, when sometimes when your formula kicks up, Texas Tech was ahead of Miami. I'm sorry. Miami's 2000 and 2001 teams alone make them better than what Texas Tech was that decade. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Yeah, it's it's this is a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. So I just, you know, and somebody said LSU won two titles. One of LSU's title teams was a two-loss team. They had no business being a title team that year. And my, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, they didn't. So I just, I look at it, Vince, and it's just, it's stupid. You're going to have Virginia Tech, Oklahoma, LSU, Georgia, and Ohio State ahead of USC. Just comedy. I mean, like, come on. Eventually, common sense has to take over, and it right. never does. It never seems to do that. Well, it is ESPN. Well, that's fair. Yeah. So, I mean, who are the teams of the 80s? Nebraska was the team of the 80s. Miami was not. Didn't Miami win three titles that decade? <laughs> Nebraska won. I don't think Nebraska won any titles. They, they the won theirs in the 90s, didn't they? Well, the ones under Tom Osborne, yes. Okay. Uh, let me look at Nebraska football. I know they won some, I believe, under um, – I think Bob Devaney won some titles, I believe. 70-71, yeah. So they, they won three in the 90s. And Nebraska is number two in the 90s behind Florida State, who won two what? titles. Oh, they two. won two? They won okay. one in 99. Uh, oh, they beat the 99 uh, one. Florida right. in uh, 99. So they won two. And the 93 oh, one's I, controversial at best. In, yeah, but Florida State did beat Nebraska that year to win the title. Now, I would argue that the ninety the 95 Nebraska team was the singular most dominant team of that decade. Sure. that the, I think that's the one that just destroyed Florida in the title game. That was a phenomenal team. So, 90s actually had some great teams. It really did. The 90s had some great teams. Notre Dame in the in the Notre Dame finished 10th in the 90s. They finished higher in the 90s than they did the 80s. <laughs> Where they have their last national They had some bad years in the 80s under Jerry Faust, but they also had some That's bad true. years at the end of the 90s as well. So it's just – the whole thing is just funny. So it, you just look at it and just laugh. It's just silly. Just It really is silly. Um, Notre Dame did not finish in the top 10 in the 60s. They had two titles. Uh, one. 63 or well, 66 for sure. Right. I thought they had two. I, uh, I can, they had two in the seventies. I don't think they had two in the, the 73 and 77. That's yeah, what I was they thinking. Had two in the seventies. They were 63. 66. Okay. Right. Right. So yeah. Where'd they end up in the seventies? Uh, 10th in the seventies. Ninth. Ninth. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yep. The era Parsegian era apparently did not impress. The uh, the old the Bill Conley formula of the seventies. So, yeah. Let's see here. Um, all right, let's let's go to era. So in the in the seventies, Notre Dame went nine and one. In the seventies, Notre Dame ranked second, thirteenth, fourteenth national championship, sixth. Then uh, they went eight and three. Nine and three finished unranked 12th, won a title in 77, finished seventh in nine and 78, and then went seven and four in 79. So, um, I mean, it's pretty flipping good. I mean, there's That's nine, there's there's 10 available national championships, right. they have two that right. doesn't make them ninth. Like, well, I, I Michigan mean, I ranked just... third with a whopping zero national zero, titles. zero, right. right. So <laughs> just the, the whole thing is just stupid. It really is, man. I just, I mean, and, and Ohio State won a title in the 70s, and they finished behind Michigan. It's like it just some of this sense. You just really look at it, and you can't help but laugh. You know, I mean, it just, you just can't help but laugh. Man, and, so um, bad. Yeah, it just some of this stuff is just, and again, it's not even just it's not even just anti Notre Dame. 
it's, it's just, just some stupidity. of it's just stupid. It's yeah, just stupidity, I mean, period. You know, and uh, I'm actually looking here. Yeah, you can't even say that Michigan had a better record against Ohio State. Mich- Ohio State went 5-4-1 and one against Michigan in the 70s. Ohio State won one title in the 70s and had two, uh, three titles in the 1970s that they, that they had unclaimed. You know, or that that are unclaimed. You know what I mean? Where like somebody right. gave them, a, somebody right. gave them a title, but they don't they don't claim a title that year. Um, so uh, they had three of those. They went. Uh, they finished in the seventies, fifth, unranked, ninth, second, fourth, fourth, sixth, eleventh, uh, and then in seventy nine, I think that was the year after Woody got fired. The first year of Earl Bruce in seventy nine, they went. Um, uh, they ranked number four, lost in the Rose Bowl to USC. So they went five, four, and one against Michigan. Won a title, had several unclaimed, and went five, four, and one against Michigan. Yet Michigan, in in that decade, according to ESPN, was the third best program of the seventies, and Ohio State was fifth. But because the formula said so, the formula, I mean, the formula. Yeah, it's just the whole thing is silly. It just, it the whole thing is silly. I don't even know what to say. But that's what ESPN does. But uh, but to, back to Tyrell's question. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't know I I don't know enough about if other teams had stretches like that. I mean, I'm like Oklahoma had a fifty something game winning streak in the fifties that Notre Dame snapped. So I gotta think Vince at some point in time they had a similar. I'm actually gonna look that up real quick that they had like a similar stretch during that period of time. Um, you know, so yeah, so so uh, Oklahoma had a stretch in '54. That ended in 1957 at the hands of Notre Dame, where they went 10 and 0, 11 and 0, 10 and 0, 10 and 1, lost Notre Dame 10 and 1. I mean, so other teams have had similar stretches. So I can't tell you that Notre Dame necessarily was the best team ever, but they're certainly in the conversation. Sure. And they certainly deserve to be considered the team of the 40s. Right. That's for darn sure. And guess what? You don't so, need a yeah. math formula to figure that out. By yeah. The way. Just and here's the other thing. So of the 40s, he has he has the five best teams of the 40s. Right? Not one of them was one of those teams Tyrell's talking about. <laughs> not one of them. Of course not. Not one of them are a Notre are, are Notre Dame teams, as as you mentioned, that were undefeated for four straight years, won three national titles, and as he said, never trailed. I mean, in in 1946, Vince, Notre Dame gave up 24 points. The whole season. Yep. Yep. The next year, they only gave up double-digit points once. (laughs) They beat Army by 20. Actually, let me see something real quick. This will actually be somewhat interesting. So, all right, let me check this out. So... You had 45 Army was the best team. 47 Michigan was the fifth best team. You had 1940 Tennessee, 1947 Texas. So you had two teams from 1947 were in his top five teams, but not Notre Dame, who uh, won the national championship that year. So, yeah. And and by the way, Notre Dame that year beat Army twenty seven to seven. By the way, just want to <laughs> throw that out there. Mm. So yeah, that's ESPN for you folks. All right, so that's that's we're gonna end it. We're gonna end by talking about the absurdity of ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, folks, thanks for being with us today. This was a fun show. Yeah, uh, Vince, for thanks for being on with me today. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame, you know, got to pick up today. Tay uh, Braun, Benny Powell. We uh, uh, during the show. Bronte Johnson announced that he will be making his decision at 10 a.m. on Saturday. We will not be going live at 10 a.m. We will be going live <laughs> at one to discuss the decision that Bronte Johnson makes and and kind of talk about where Notre Dame goes from there. So thanks for being with us today, folks. Do us a favor. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit the notification bell. Sign up for the message board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. We would love to have you with us. And Vince, get some dinner, get some chow in you, get some rest, and you'll be back tonight, 6 o'clock. Join Vince for the uh, IB Nation Sports Talk midweek midweek mailbag, right? That's what you guys are doing. And then tomorrow, you're definitely going to – we're going to have our show at 1, most likely. You're definitely going to be at 6. Are you going to be on with them tomorrow, Vince, or is it just going to be Sean and Coach Shrewsbury? 
It, well, to start off, it's Sean and Coach Shrewsbury. Okay. I think I'm coming on for okay. uh, rapid fire afterwards. So Sean Styers will be interviewing. It'd be awesome if they could get him to do rapid fire. I know, right? So <laughs> Micah Shrewsbury, the head basketball coach at the University of Notre Dame, is going to be on with Sean Styers tomorrow on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. You're definitely going to check Live, that out. Live, baby. Uh, make sure you're subscribed and you got that notification bell on so you can let a, you can be let known when we're going to be going live. Have a great rest of your day, everybody, and we'll talk to you again very soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.